Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. We have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its video podcast, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. Hello, my better self. I work sometimes with this marvelous man who grew up in the Aleutian Islands, and that is their greeting to each other. Hello, my better self. Yeah. Our reading for today, (laughs) if you will, is in the Season for Nonviolent booklet. If you haven't taken this home, season for non- peace and nonviolence, I, I think this is fabulous. I, this is the only place I've been that does this where you have a thought for each day through the season. So today the thought is understanding, and it's Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a remarkable being, a Buddhist monk who was taken under the wing of Thomas Merton, a Trappist monk, <laughs> and brought out into the world for us. He passed away recently. Yeah, and in the last year or so. And yet his presence is so alive in the world. It is just beautiful. And he says, when you understand, you cannot help but love. Ah. You know, a lot of you know that I work with Emma Curtis Hopkins materials a lot, and one of the things, thank you, and one of the things that she helps us understand is the meanings of the word. Standing under, standing under, in your understanding, right? You are, your way of seeing and knowing is standing under what you are perceiving. And when you truly are standing under the truth, you cannot help but love. And then the practice that Thich Nhat Hanh offers is practice looking at all living beings with the eyes of compassion. Now, compassion is another one of those words. You know, it's those wonderful words. It comes from the Latin. The C-O-M means with, and the passion means feeling. And it's feeling with, right? Practice looking at all beings, feeling with them. It's a little different from sympathy, which is from the Greek. (laughs) This is from the Latin, compassion. And compassion and understanding go hand in hand, don't they? I know when I was dealing with the kinds of things we all have to deal with from time to time, uh, getting clear with my 
parents. <laughs> and I was the single child, the only child of a single parent who really did not want to be a parent to begin with. And that was hard for her. And so we had a fair amount to work through, you can imagine. And as I was beginning to make the shift from being angry and blaming in my 20s and 30s and well into my 40s, unfortunately, I began to try to understand, stand under a different perception of her. And I went back to this child and the life that she had. And what I began to realize was I had to be compassionate the moment I looked at how that child had grown up, right? The moment that I saw how those horrible breaks had happened or whatever abuse she had experienced or all of those things that had led her to not be able to cope sometimes with the situation she was in and to express it in ways that were painful for her little girl. Oh my goodness. How could I not have compassion for this woman? And then as I continued on my spiritual journey, I began to realize that not only was there this woman who had been through these experiences, but that this person was fulfilling an agreement, a contract with my soul self. She was actually in her own unique way, as we are all very unique, helping to strengthen and form and support and create and be part of the woman I became. And then, because of the nature of the experiences and the way she was doing it, caused me to question those ways of doing it, which then allowed me to be more fully present as a parent and as a working adult and now as a minister because I can see what it was that was happening, why it was happening, what didn't work about it, and what we can do differently. Yes? Well, that was wonderful, and I rode on that wave for a while, but like... Every surfer knows sooner or later the wave just kind of fizzles out and you, you got to swim back out and get the next one. And the next wave carried me to another level of compassion and understanding. And this time the compassion had to be for this being here, not anyone out there. Because this being had got caught up in a story about the nature of the relationship with the parent, right? And all the consequences. And the story about the pain of the parent got all caught up in all of that and so had a belief system that included the possibility of pain and abuse and distress and all those awful things. Uh-oh. Now, as I said a few moments ago, I am a student of Emma Curtis Hopkins. <laughs> and I teach Emma a lot. <laughs> and I'm also a student of Emily Cady and Ernest Holmes and Charles Fillmore. I study these people constantly. 
and I teach them as often as I can. Because each one of them are able to carry our insights another level deeper, another level, right? And Emma is absolutely clear, and virtually everyone in New Thought has picked this up. Whatever your underlying belief systems, whatever the belief systems standing under what you think you believe are, is what you will experience. Oh my goodness. I'm going to walk around a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. That way those viewers are having to look through posts can sometimes see me. <laughs> so when I got that my compassion and understanding of the journeys of my mother and myself had led me to reinforce a belief system that said child abuse happens, that people go through horrible experiences, and all those other things. I don't think that's my phone. My phone is supposed to be on off. This is this. Whoa, sorry about that. All right. So my phone, literally, it's on air, airplane mode and silence. <laughs> So the Lord wanted me to do something different. <laughs> the higher self wanted me to do something different here. I love that. And I apologize for the sounds. So where I was going, let's see where it takes me now. <laughs> where I was going was this notion that the belief system that we have determines our experience, right? And if I in my compassion and concern for others, buy into their story, uh-oh. I have committed myself to living that story in some way. Whatever we believe, we will experience. And in fact, Emma says if we even say the words, we will experience it. And she even says, if you think the words, <laughs> you will experience it. Yeah, my, my. So I had to get up on that new wave. And that new wave was a wave of releasing and letting go of those ideas. I'm still riding that one. How can we let go of those experiences, those memories, those images, those ideas that are so deeply ingrained in our sense of self. This is where the difference between a capital letter and a lowercase letter is very useful. Okay. My lowercase s self may have any number of ideas, beliefs, memories, thoughts, then I need to let go of. While my uppercase S self, my true self, my essence, my creative center, never ever experienced or knew any of that. And that's another thing Emma teaches. The true self never 
did any of those things we think of as mistakes or we might be regretful or guilty of, and never experienced anything like that. Now, a lot of folks in what used to be called religious science, this version of new thought, talk about God as not being able to experience anything that isn't good. All right? And sometimes that makes God really separate from us. But myself can't experience anything that isn't good. My true self, my inner self, can't have had those experiences. And neither can my mother have had those experiences, the true self of her. I got a kind of a glimpse of this when I was working on this healing process. And, well, she kind of passed away in the middle of it. And that makes it hard because then you feel like you haven't completed, right? So I would go into one stage of what I call the express and release and replace process. And in that releasing, replacing, right in there, I have said, okay, I felt all of that and I'm done with all of that. And now I am in the presence of this person and we are both free of it except she wasn't on the planet anymore. So I sat down and I put a chair in front of me and I invited the shadow of my mother to sit on that chair. And what happened was this glowing being showed up. <laughs> it wasn't the shadow, it was the self. And what happened next is what I am just really excited about. Herself, capital S, and myself, capital S, became and were obviously and have always been one. Self. No separation. No treatment of others. No idea that what one was doing, one was doing to another. Just the love. That is. And I rested in that for a while. And I'm very glad that I had that because now I can remember that, right? And every few years something gets triggered and I get caught back in the smallest self. But I can remember, oh yes, this other thing happened. And so what I do is I do that whole releasing and everything process and I get to that place where all that is is the light. Oh, interesting. That's the Course in Miracles definition of forgiveness. <laughs> all right then. <laughs> all that is is the light. If that's forgiveness, I'll accept it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Truly, my goodness. Well, so much for the person that I was closest to for the first third of my life, but now what? <laughs> we got the rest of the world out there. I can have compassion and understanding. Oh, it's not another self. <laughs> if I have compassion and understanding for what they have been going through and who they have had to wrestle with, 
I'm buying into their story, and I've reinforced a belief system I don't want to live anymore. Oh, I get to do something very different. When Ernest Holmes was on the planet, he had an office in Los Angeles, the center there, and a lot of very well-known celebrities would come in and they'd start telling him their stories because they wanted him to fix it. We're all familiar with that. And as I understand it, based on what I've read and, and uh, listened to from Ernest, he would sit there and he would say, under his breath, not true, not true, not happening, not real, can't be, don't they let that in, cancel that. <laughs> The whole time they're telling their story, he would have a barrier up because he did not need to have their stuff become his belief system. Yes. So every now and then someone will come up to me and they'll, they'll want me to do something to help them get through whatever they're getting through. And they'll start to tell me their story and I'll go, whoa. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that you need to share that. But if you really want me to be effective, I don't need to hear it. <laughs> I do not need to hear your story to be effective. I think my earring is touching the microphone. There. And so I don't need to understand in the way of being able to relate your story. I need to stand under the beliefs that have led to that story in the truth of your true self, your higher self, that capital S self, yes? Because if I try to understand how you got where you are and who did what and why, how it worked and why you're upset and what needs to be done to fix it, I just bought into your belief system. And that's not going to work for either of us. Yeah. And yet, I know every one of us really wants to let go of this stuff that we've been carrying. So I have this little process that I encourage people to do. Go find a safe place, spend a few hours yelling and screaming and hitting pillows, <laughs> writing all kinds of things down, getting the story out, express, press from, yeah? And once it's out, declare yourself free of it. We all need to be free of the set of beliefs, memories, understandings, and ideas, and all of that stuff, that whole bag of worms that brought us to whatever the situation is. That whole, actually, worms are pretty good things, so how about the garbage? And <laughs> <laughs> so the worms, I have a wonderful worm bed, I love it. Um, so we want to get rid of the stuff that has taken us into a place that is other than heavenly. And we start by pressing it from who we have thought we were so that the capital S self can be who we know we are. 
And really, that's what all of New Thought is about. Emma's teachings, everyone else's teachings, it's, and the Course in Miracles expressly, is designed to help us shift our identity from the small else with S self, with all of those beliefs and ideas and memories and thoughts about who we are and how we got here and how the world is and what it's going to be and how it has to be that because da 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 all of that stuff, right? The, all of those things were designed and we're being encouraged through new thought to let that go and replace it with a new thought. <laughs> That's what it means. And I'm losing this again. <laughs> So if, ah, I released, and I let go. Hmm. So when, when I know that it is the beliefs and thoughts and words that I've been saying that have created the situation and experience of self that I have been experiencing, and I let it go. And I get into that place with all the people involved that we can be that light, one capital S self together. And I can know capital T, truth. It's all good. It's all one. And whatever contract we had to get me to this place is done. And now my only contract, my only agreement, my only commitment is to identify as that large S self in the presence of and with and for every being I encounter. So I'm going to call that capital C, compassion. I'm going to feel with them their higher self, their true self, their inner nature, and not the story from which they have been living. And I get to do that with myself, which Louise Hay calls mirror work. If you can't do it any other way, sit in front of the mirror, yeah? So... As we are moving through this season of peace and nonviolence, which is a sad translation of Gandhi's Satyagraha, nonviolence suggests that violence is possible, not in the belief system I want to hold, right? Satyagraha or ahimsa are Sanskrit terms that are so embodying the love and bliss of beingness that nothing else can happen except good. How's that feel? Yeah. So as I shift my identity from the stories of what I thought I grew up with or whatever has been going on in the world around me to the identity of that capital S self where it's all one beingness, becoming, through whatever means anyone is ready to in the moment. But I know it can be heavenly for all, and I'm holding that potential in that space for all beings all the time. Yes. 
And I invite you to do the same. To be so free of the old ideas and so filled with the love and bliss and presence and power of the divine that all you get is that light and the world around you is the heaven on earth that we have been promised and that anyone who grew up in the Christian tradition has been praying for every time they say the Lord's Prayer. And actually, everyone in the Jewish tradition has been praying for because the Lord's Prayer is a summary of the prayer that the Jewish man is supposed to say three to five times a day. That's about 10 paragraphs long. Yeah. Wow. We don't ask for it. We let go of the beliefs. We let go of whatever has been holding us back, whatever has been protecting us from the idea of a world that isn't one self, one being, heavenly in every aspect. For this is the truth. And this is my blessing. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.